Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. This week, we'll be sharing our favorite movies and TV series from 2020 and where you can watch them. I'm John C. Lyons, filmmaker, teaching artist, and director of programming for the Film Society. I'm Erica Berlin, the executive director of the Film Society. I'm Mike Berlin, a production vagabond. It's been a year. Um, been a year. We've watched a number of television series, limited series, movies, films, whatever you call all of it now. It's starting to become more and more of a, a blurred line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've spent some time indoors, um, yeah. some time at home, yeah. um, on the couch eating foods, foods on the couch while we can't go anywhere, watching some programs, some movies. So where should we start and who wants to, to start? Well, at first I thought timeline, like going back to the beginning of the year, but then I realized like time means nothing anymore, <laughs> you know? Because I couldn't even remember, like, did that movie come out this year? I asked Michael, like, did that movie come out in 2020 or 2019? He's like, no, that was 2019. So I realized like time means nothing. I can't do time. Yeah, some things I do based on what was the most recent thing I saw that I liked. Sometimes, some of it is that, like, what did I see most recently? So what did you see most recently that you liked either a movie or a series or both? Throw, throw us out some... Okay, I'll throw out the first one that I saw most recently that I really, really enjoyed. It's a documentary. It's uh, on Netflix. Okay. David Attenborough, A Life on This Planet. I know I've talked. That's top, one of the top ones in my list as well. Really? Yeah. So um, I highly recommend this to anyone. Um, first of all, you know, David Attenborough has been um making movies for i don't know decades anyone would recognize his voice because mm -hmm. he's been doing um nature documentaries for for decades for his life for his entire life a life on this planet he loves nature and the thing about this documentary is essentially him talking about decades on this on this planet and how it has changed mm. since he began his his life um, and it is, it is a beautiful documentary. It's a beautiful look at the planet and it's also quite, quite terrifying, uh, quite sad to look at the changes, um, that humans have, um, have made, you know, of course, inadvertently, really, we have made changes to our, to our habitat, to the habitat of, of, animals and plants um maybe some of, of us inadvertently <laughs> some of us inadvertently well some I of it is also the... like, you know like being naive and choosing to be naive also True. yes that's that's correct because some some of the things that we have done 
um, because of our progress, because of things that we wanted to create, uh, things that we wanted to power and fuel, you know, we wanted to eat, we wanted to, we wanted to build, um, we wanted to sustain our growth as a human species. And to do that, we destroyed and we didn't really, um, we didn't really keep a lid on any of that destruction. So, um, as a result, we've changed our, our global ecosystem significantly. And uh, he walks us through that. And there is a little bit of hope at the end though. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that was it. That was probably my most recent incredible film. I think um, you guys told, told me to watch that. And I did yeah. like right after. Mm-hmm. And I have not watched it yet. Oh, okay. Well, I'm so, so glad that you told me, Erica, to watch it because it's right up my alley. And um, yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those things. He's somebody that can directly, because of what you said, he's lived his whole life traveling the world and specifically looking at, you know, life forms other than human, human beings so he can speak directly to that personal experience it's kind of one of those things where um it's kind of like when you have an aging parent or something like that and then maybe you have a sibling that hasn't been home for like 10 years or five years or something and they'll come home and they'll be like oh man grandma's really bad you know and you've been there like all the time and so it's like oh really like i didn't really notice you know and i kind of feel like all of humanity well those not in the everyday know like david attenborough are kind of in that naive point of view of like nah, nothing's really changing i mean you know yeah we have a few more hurricanes each year a few more fires each year but we're like living through it personally and so you really need like that critical eye of of an expert like this this great human being to kind of share his experience and open our eyes again, I think, and remind us. Yes. And it works And he does it. It is beautiful. And because he's been narrating these documentaries for decades, he is so gentle and incredible to listen to. It's like being, you know, cradled by a, a beautiful human while you listen to him. So yeah, Netflix, highly recommend. Yeah, mm-hmm. highly recommend. Well then Mike, what do you give give us one of yours, either a movie or a series? Well, what would you prefer? Would you prefer a movie <laughs> or a television show? For my first <laughs> We all got plenty, so why don't you go to television? Yeah. Go to television. Okay. Uh I will because I think we'll have this conversation a little bit later on. Uh, but well, actually no, this fits right into it. Let's go. Speaking of, and you guys, naive, I say that it was a lot of the destruction of the planet was done for the sake of progress and uh, for greed. Uh, and so let's let's move forward in that direction. But let's take it a little bit, uh, Phil K. Dick, and say Devs, the epic oh. series. Uh, I Devs is my top 
TV series. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> guys, right now we're all on the same level. It right. was mine too. It was mine too. Yo, devs blew me away. Uh, you know, it asked a lot of, and I know that there was a lot of scrutiny at it, but like, I think that's something. What was the scrutiny? Tell, share some of the scrutiny. Some of the scrutiny that I heard, uh, just like the pace, people didn't enjoy the pacing. They didn't enjoy the lead actress. I apologize. Oh. I have her name on She hand. was amazing. Uh, Lily. Amazing. Uh, but I, I thought she was incredible. I, I it, honestly, I, I thought it was a show. I thought it was um, craftsmanship at the highest level from acting, writing, uh, uh, Sonoya yeah. Mizuno. Yes, that's thank the lead actress. You. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Can I make a comment about the lead actress? Yeah, you in no way were distracted by her sexuality, which oh, I uh -huh. enjoyed so much about that show. Either her male sexuality or her female sexuality. It, it's almost like. She was this blank androgynous. She was this androgynous was character and you didn't have to think about it at all. And it allowed you to just feel the story. A lot of that is like character. I mean, that's writing and sorry, Mike, I'll, I'll go ahead. No, quick. no, no. In wardrobe and like design of the character. Because if you picture her like in Ex Machina, she's playing a much different character and she's very sexy and she's, you know, dancing and has a complete different, that's a good actress and a good director and a good writer. I think Garland is, I, I think that was stunt casting and I think he's doing it intentionally because he's trying to give you a, a protagonist who feels distant. Uh, mm. Because I, because at the end of the day, I think what Garland's really trying to get you to do is to, and I, I, you know, from the criticism, like, I don't think people did it, but I think he's trying to get you to focus on what the bigger subject of devs is like the bigger themes that devs is trying to tackle. And um, yeah, and devs, yeah. it's such a 2020, it's such a show for now, right? Like it's in that detached, she feels very much current generation. And timely with uh, right. what was happening as far as there was the side that side plot with the the government uh and Dev rank because it's been such a goofy year but uh devs is one of the shows one of the just forms of entertainment this year period that jumped out at me devs is on hulu and you can find uh in our earlier episodes um we talk about devs and we highly recommend devs <laughs> yeah it's like you can't even start to describe devs if you're having a brief description of it but mm -hmm. i to me the feel of devs is like like lightweight sunshine california forest and then startup community startup startup but, cult but super yeah but startup cult but like super summer camp <laughs> and then and then like disco underground um magic box of light yeah <laughs> all of that somehow works all of that description all of works. it works in one show it's the filmmaker who did um you know ex machina annihilation what am i forgetting guys 28 days later i mean he didn't do it but he wrote it wrote it yeah yeah, yeah. so big fan big yeah, fan love that yeah, big fan amazing big fan recommendation from all three of from us all three of us well then i'll mix it up here 
with one that maybe neither of you saw, maybe Mike saw. I'll go with a series, The Last Dance, which is on Netflix, which is about the Chicago Bulls. This is an ESPN uh, documentary series. I thought it was fantastic. It um, is fantastic. Just Even if you're not a sports fan, this is a fantastic documentary. Yeah. Wow. I, I did not see this coming from your job. I mean, this is, I, you know, when I was in grade school, I, I played sports and Chicago was, you know, that was when Chicago was, I mean, it was crazy. He, he, you know, he was an ultra Uber celebrity and this is like the whole behind the scenes of him coming up. Scotty Pippen being in his shadow, but being like the perfect number two who would have been a number one in any other age. I love Dennis Rodman and he was such a shit show. And like, he's, he's a person who played his role and played and, and played his role to perfection, but off the court was just a party animal, crazy person. I mean, it, I thought it was just a fantastic fantastic and, and love to horse grant too by the way they don't win those first three ones without horse grant <laughs> good call erica have you seen the last dance it's on netflix i have not watched the last dance it really is on my list i need to sit down and watch it because just like you said michael jordan was huge i remember watching all of those I mean, everyone our age remembers watching those games. Everyone knew who Dennis Rodman was, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. I mean, I can remember them winning the, the Bulls, winning the championships because everyone was obsessed with Michael Jordan back there. I mean, Air, Air Jordans, like every kid right. wanted a pair of Air Jordans and there and was still. always, and still like, you know, squeezing the air. I mean, mm -hmm. having the little, you know, squeezing on the tongue of the shoe, like, come on, that was so cool. And like, I don't know who it was, but maybe it was SNL, like squeezing the the bump on the tongue of the shoe till it exploded. Oh uh, yeah. That was what was pump. that on it? That was the Reebok the pump. Yeah, the yeah. Reebok pump. Yeah. whatever it was but everybody yeah that whole generation yeah yeah but that whole generation of like having the air the air shoes i mean it was such a big deal um the reebok pump yeah that wasn't even the air jordan but it was that same era mm -hmm. of like trying to compete with the air jordan like pumping up the shoe right. and the whole deal he's yeah. just larger than life i mean he traveled like life. crazy but you know who cares well you know give, him, give him three extra steps if yeah. he's gonna I think there's some aerobatics. Here's the other thing. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot, I think there's a couple of things to take away. A, Jordan really ushers in sort of the beginning of the uh, player movement that is now uh, has been sort of punctuated by LeBron James. Uh, so that's important from a sports standpoint. And then the other thing is, it's like, there's a really interesting thing, whether it's arts, engineering, science, uh, politicians, uh, sports, the sacrifice of excellence and there's an ep around episode mm. five he has a moment he gets choked up which we are not used to seeing michael jordan no. a be honest and and where he talks about the sacrifice of just not being liked but he yeah. but to try to but he was in this single-minded pursuit of greatness and uh i you know that was you don't Just imagine the ego man and even like him behind the scenes like doing the coin flips and stuff with like the security guards like he was just constantly competing constantly <laughs> yeah and he was great and gambling he was great. 
and gambling. <laughs> but I th- I don't think the gambling, I don't think the gambling was about the money. I think the gambling was about, like you were saying, it's about the competition. Addiction. Yeah. You remember um, Rodman went to North Korea, mm-hmm. right? That's in there. That's in, that's that's in, in the <laughs> series. Yeah. Is it? All right. I need it, to sit I down the and watch the last the North dance. Korea things in the... He's in there. Is it? Oh, okay. One of the film under quarantine movies that I really liked at the time, I remember I led the discussion on this and I checked in on it and it has a 99% approval rating, um, a 99% rating on Rotten Tomatoes is St. Francis. I really, really liked St. Francis. It's about the the gal, uh, Francis is, I think she's a 34-year-old gal in the movie but it's fascinating i think any girl in her 30s can identify with it i just found it so it's i i just think anyone there's so many things that this character is going through that a woman can connect with everything from like i don't know having an issue like with your period when you're dating a guy <laughs> to uh <laughs> oh, yeah. trying to make decisions about um you know, about your career and maybe feeling like you're a little behind your peers or not living up to the expectations mm-hmm. of your family. Societal um, norms to, and pressures. You know, yeah, yeah. Married, um, have a family. To be, yeah, where you are with your personal life, to making decisions about pregnancy and abortion. Um, and not necessarily being honest with yourself or being honest with people in your life and coming to um, moments in which you decide to be honest about those things. Just really, it just, I don't know, it really, I just, I found it to be really well-written. I liked the actress, just a really great conversation piece. I thought the discussion around it was great. I think it's on both our YouTube page and our Facebook page. You can watch it. This one, unfortunately, you still have to rent unless you have stars. Um, Kelly O'Sullivan is that actress, and she also um, either wrote or co-wrote. Erica, you'll have to remind me, but it's also in my top list of the year. I thought it was fantastic. Mike, what do you got? Let's do, I've got three movies that I can pull out of my hat here. Uh, (laughs) Would you like to do the the most recent or the earliest one? Which one are you you most excited to share? I'm going to say, well, okay, let's go with the most recent. Uh, Mank, David Fincher. Okay. And uh, I just watched it yesterday. Erica, why, 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 well, what am I saying? Erica, what, Erica has a reaction to this. Let's let's hear hear your thoughts. This is not this. Is, well, my thoughts are Erica's thoughts, or right? she hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> oh no, your thoughts. I'll just tell you. Your I'll thing. just tell you the way Mike described it. Mike described it as, "You have to be a movie historian to like and enjoy and understand Mank." That might be that might be a good call, actually. It's how I kind of feel about it. Before. <laughs> and my and when I heard Mike say that, I was like, man, if you were like, man, I really liked Seven. I'm gonna go watch David Fincher's latest movie. You are in trouble. I loved, loved, loved the movie, but it's also like he is he, and you can see why right after the release to let Netflix for Netflix to allow him 
to do what is a passion project that his father wrote is obviously we the you know sort of a stamp of approval for everything that David Fincher has done, and obviously now going back to even uh, you know uh, Love and Robots and uh, what was it uh, you know. The one with uh, Kevin Spacey, um, House of Cards. Uh, House of Cards. Uh, you know he has a now a long running relationship with Netflix. Uh, I love mm-hmm. the film. Uh, it, it is. Uh, it's not going to be for everybody. I know that. And um, but you, you know I grew up uh, or having gone to film school and uh, yeah and I and I get it. And my mom has been sort of like she's like why why Citizen Kane why Citizen? And my mother is a very well put right person and stuff like that. But uh, it, it, is a, it is a movie's buff movie and it is the riddle box inside of the riddle. And, um, and to sort of after all these years of dissecting Mank, it, it's almost providing, it's a, like Oliver Stone's JFK, giving you a version of what the assassination could have been, so to speak. And if you understand, or if you know a little bit of the history of Wells and uh, Mankiewicz and uh, Hearst, uh, and you know the, these players that were that they centered this around, and what happened with RKO, it gives you a little bit of a motivation of why Mankiewicz and Wells elected to focus such a heavy spotlight on such a powerful figure like Hearst, who could destroy them and who ultimately did um but with all that said you, you know from the uh from the cinematography that is mimicking almost shots from greg tolan's cinematography says kane and uh just from that vintage like 19 late 1930s early 40s dialogue and then on top of it the score and in the even, sound even, even, even the so far as the may- mono track of the sound is that is bold because it's good because he will because it will ultimately alienate people and it might not become as critically popular as you know you know as some other stuff because of the because of the distinct choices he made but he made choices that service the film exceptionally well it, I, I think it's an incredible film I was a little yeah I, yeah, I appreciate that and I, I think um, a lot of people will love it for sure it, it, it was a little cold experience for me i guess uh it's obviously a passion project venture's a little cold <laughs> venture but i love i i don't know i it's probably the personally it might be the lowest on my ranking of fincher films even benjamin button yeah a movie yeah, I, I like i, I like benjamin i can't button. stand benjamin button <laughs> I respect it, but I can't stand it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, um, yeah, it's definitely insider baseball, um, as you're saying. So it's the story like behind Citizen Kane, who really wrote it. Um, and there was a book that was written uh, that's been disproved a while ago that this narrative kind of follows um, that book. So, like Mike said, it's kind of like a reimagining or a versioning of the truth um you know not so much as like a all a quentin tarantino completely changing it's it's a reimagining of the truth the way that citizen kane is a reimagining of force uh you know kane's life Mm -hmm. you know it's again it's the riddle inside the riddle inside the riddle. great performances it should win some awards like technically it's flawless um 
And Reznor, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, their score um, is quite surprisingly uh, also like accurate to period um, and beautiful and much you would not expect. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch it yet, but I will say Les Miserables, the new one, um, which is now on Prime, which is basically follows um, some young people and gang life. I'm not sure if it's Paris or not, but it's in France. And it's kind of in the way of like The Wire, but on a minimal scale, shows the inner workings of a police unit and these kids and then the um the big ecosystem of the gangs the different um gang factions that are in this city and how they all are connected to each other and ultimately in the end it shows how corruption from the top and from those in power uh going unchecked for too long um can have very um it could build up to an eventual boiling point Hopefully society isn't going, but on a, on a micro scale, it's really powerful. Like the ending, um, is really powerful and kind of scary. It's kind of in the vein of, um, what's that movie from a long time ago with like the really young kids and they're like in a town and it's black and white and they're really scary and creepy, these kids. And you're like, oh, Village man, it's a like Criterion oh, collection. Oh, uh, no. Okay. Not, yeah, it might be Village of the Damned. Oh, it is Village of the Damned. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, just anyways, about uh, basically future generations having enough of this shit taking it into their own hands and if it gets to that point society is in trouble so anyways that's um it was not i may have won it didn't win the academy award but it was nominated for best international film this year john is a little bit and I, this is you put it on my radar and i haven't gotten a chance yet to watch and i apologize is a little bit like um there's a it was an early or no mid 90s film uh Lahane Lahane yeah it's a little bit like that <laughs> it it feels like a uh yeah kind of like a a new descendant of Lahane which yeah. by the way that's that's one I'll always recommend if people haven't seen that it's that is yeah if you like your game if, if you like if you like your street gritty films Lahane yeah yeah but this is with like kid kids like middle school kids oh uh, okay well <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah it's, Got it's it. interesting although they're right. young in lahane too i mean that's true yeah. they're, but not, they're not middle school gotcha all right erica so my next choice is on disney plus the disney hamilton. plus hamilton <laughs> of course come on i mean one of the best releases major i think 2020 I mean, Hamilton came out and I was one of the lucky ones to have seen it, you know, in a theater. Um, Jealous. But, you know, I watched it a number of times and I may have listened to the soundtrack, <laughs> um, you know, number of times. Maybe, what? Many. I may have, I may know it by heart. Um, yeah, I mean, Hamilton is an incredible show. It's you know, it takes its liberties. Like you can listen to it now. Um, there's, I think that, um, you know, it, it touches, I think when it first came out, some of the issues that um, pushed some buttons 
were around, um, uh, you know, immigration. And when it was, when it came out uh, on Disney Plus, some of the issues around it were um, racial discrimination. So it touched on both, but fascinating um, to look at it through, through both of those perspectives. Um, but really it's a lot of great music. Um, it's, it's interpretations of the past. Um, just like, just like a lot of films, you know, I think we criticize movies a lot. Um, calling something a biopic. I don't think you would call this a biopic. You could, and take this, take this as, you know, this is, this is the life story of Alexander Hamilton and say, this is all truth. It leaves out a lot of details. Um, as does history. Of, this is exactly history. <laughs> you know, if this you is... want to get everything about Alexander Hamilton's life, there's some, a wonderful book written. I, but like, you can't put it all in the film or in the movie or in the play or in the musical. It's just like, you got to make some, you got to make cuts somewhere or else we're going to be sitting on our seats in our seats for <laughs> the end of time. How long is the show? Is it a couple hours? Is it 90 minutes? It's like two and a half hours. It's two hours. Oh, I mean, okay. It's excellent, yeah. by the way. I, I actually co-signed this. Like, it's a little ridiculous because she did listen to the music a lot, but this is an excellent <laughs> pick. And anybody who hasn't seen it, this is, this is, and you know, yeah, there's some, there's some language in there and stuff like that, but this is one that you should watch with your kids. It's actually, I would consider it one of the most, uh, the seminal uh, hmm. works of art that's been created in the 21st century. It's important. See, it's just, the only reason I haven't is because Disney Plus is just another subscription and I'm like, I'm trying to toe the line here on <laughs> subscriptions, but I, I, I will, I will watch it at some point. Um, yeah. It was a huge Don't, thing to launch Disney Plus on. It worked. It absolutely worked. Don't subscribe to Disney Plus because of Hamilton. You will get your chance to see it somewhere else. I give so much credit to Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think he is an incredible talent. Um, I asked Mike, I'm like, is he like the Stephen Sondheim of, hmm. you know, not the yet 21st century yeah. and he's yet. like no he's the lin-manuel miranda and he's absolutely right i mean as a talent he is he is in a class of his own the way he writes he is completely contemporary i mean he writes he performs he dances i mean everything he does is incredible i cannot wait to see what he does in the future i can't wait but, to see I mean, in the heights I can't wait to see In the Heights to too. Great. I saw In the Heights, actually I saw it off Broadway before oh, no it even shit. went to Broadway. Look yes. Wow. I I was so lucky I happened to see it. I hmm. knew I knew a gal who knew a guy in the show and I saw Lynn Manuel perform it. Damn. Before I You got how... cred. You got I know. I was very lucky. Cred. I was very lucky. No, I can't wait to see In the Heights. So it's worth watching. It is. Worth and, and, and I, you know, and I know people who aren't musical people, but at the, after watching it, everybody's like, yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It just is. Sometimes something can't be denied and it really can't. And I have to say something. I mean, if you say I'm not a musical person, come on. 
<laughs> what is wrong with a musical? If you can watch a music video, you're just taking that and adding words around it. Mm, I'm not, not going to judge people for that. There's different <laughs> styles of musicals. Some of some yes. musicals can be pretty damn cheesy and make me uncomfortable watching them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And all right. Erica, you know I love my musicals and I've seen yes. plenty of them, but like I kind of get the beef with musicals. <laughs> I definitely get some beef with some musicals because some yes are cheesy, but Hamilton is absolutely not cheesy. It's I cool, mean, right? it's a little cheesy. If you, it's a little cheesy. It's a little cheesy. Okay, I I could send you a link of David Diggs performing Guns and Ships, and that guy comes out there rapping like I don't. I couldn't even tell you like the words per minute that come out of his mouth. So is this what? one of the Incredible. songs that you sing along to? I can't because I can't keep up. It's so fast. I, I listen. I mean, it's awesome. It's a little, there's a little, there's every musical's got a little cheese. Sure. There's a little, it's a little bit of like. Maybe, maybe this, this one's got a little Parmesan. A little Parmesan Not a lot, not a lot. But like, you know, and sometimes, by the way, sometimes cheese doesn't taste that bad, guys. That's right. I love, I love cheese. It's delicious. I'm going to do for my next series, I'm going to do Lovecraft Country. Oh. Yeah. I, this was my shit. <laughs> it's like a little bit of adventure, a little bit of a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of fantasy in there, uh, and you know, bro, that all together with uh, just some incredible performances and uh, and it sex it, and violence. You got sex and violence you got too. Sex and violence, and right around the time as uh, we know, with uh, sort of you know some cultural change going on, and mm -hmm. I thought this this was a show that hit at the right time, and um, but. Uh, incredibly entertaining all at the same time. Uh, it's just like, it's, it's, it's as if, you know, JJ Abrams and Jordan Peele were executive producers on this. And I hope that they uh, collaborate more in the future because I find that their, um, their aesthetics mesh very, 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 very well. And this was a book originally. Um, and uh, by uh, my understanding, they did a really nice job with the, and you know, I think that's one of the nice things now that with the streaming services and with shows, um, because another one of these is gonna be a book or a show that was interpreted from a book. Uh, Erica probably already knows what it is, uh, but it, um, you know, you can really get into you can get the granular of what the book is trying to do. And they did that well with Lovecraft Country and, uh, and it's fun. And uh, it's got a little bit of a silly sense of humor to it, but then, it, you know, it's playing, it's, it's playing, it's pulling all these strings from like the adventure, then it will go drama and then racial strife. But, uh, you know, then they'll have a quirky side plot and a little bit of romance. And the, the show is pushing a lot of lovers and maybe that's not going to be respected by everybody, but I, loved it i thought it was a, it's like a kitchen sink show and it swings for the fence like every time and it doesn't always work out but when it works out, i mean i would i really like the show but even when it's not quite working it's either like really weird or unique or you know it's got it always has something going on uh i was a little nervous about it when it started because jj kind of falls in in my opinion especially recently into like 
you know, this homage porn or he's not really doing his own thing. It's just like callbacks to everything else. And I was worried about that with the show because I hadn't read the book. Um, <clears throat> but some of the some of the episodes I thought were just exceptional and the cast is fantastic. And I really, really enjoyed this one, too. I think we're going to be talking about Jonathan Majors for like the next 40 years. I think this guy is uh, amazing talent. And uh, and from uh, this and uh, was a last black man in uh, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I I am really excited to see you know where he goes. He he is an actor to watch. Uh, he is a performer to watch uh, flat out because listening to him in interviews too, he is an interesting dude with a lot to say. I, I think he is going to be an important person, and one just he's going to be a presence. I really actually believe that about him. And I'll give props to Journey. Smollett is that her, her yes name? yeah yeah we, uh, I thought she was great the woman who played her sister Winmi Musaku Winmi 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 Musaku Winmi Musaku okay so my one of my top picks uh in the horror category would be his house which is playing on Netflix and she's in it and it is fantastic it is one of the best horror uh, movies that I've seen this year. It's on Netflix. It's about um, the horrors of being a refugee and not feeling that, that you have a place wherever you're at. And it, it's this couple, they escape oppression in their country. They go to another country. They're placed in a house and they're haunted by the spirits that they've left behind and, and people that they've abandoned and that, that guilt and that feeling of being out of place. His house, it's really impressive on Netflix. When COVID hit and Mike and I were like, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> we decided to spend $20 and rent the Invisible Man oh, yeah. <laughs> with Elizabeth Moss in it. And I really liked it. And it just sticks out in my mind as worth the $20 rental. I mean, I like Elizabeth Moss. Sometimes I don't necessarily think I would go out of my way to rent or even go see Elizabeth Moss in the theater. But um, I guess it's just that night when we were flipping around, it just was like, oh yeah, the, the Invisible Man, let's get that. Like I <laughs> felt really energetic about renting The Invisible Man and I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved the, I loved kind of like the sci-fi vibe, vibe of it. You know, here's this abusive husband who's, cre you know, building this, you know, invisible suit in the basement <laughs> and she A decides to you know, get her revenge. And yeah, I liked it. I mean, I think you can probably get it out there somewhere now. It's streaming, I think. It's on HBO. Um, it's on HBO now. Yeah. So um, Mike, I don't know film. how you feel about it. John, did you see it? I, I thought it was it? great, actually. I love that mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really solid pick. I mean, she plays unhinged. You know, it's like, it's like there is an Elizabeth, you know, Moss role 
and she's cast in that role in everything. And I do worry about that with her and her career eventually. But when she gets good material, okay, it works, you know? But I am, yeah. my only little critique with her is I am, that's why I like Shirley, because Shirley, it was kind of a different flavor of that. And it, thankfully, Invisible Man is, is, a, is a great film and a great commentary, you know, on stalking and abusive relationships and stuff like that. Um, yeah, she works. Hey, <laughs> she keeps doing great. So, but I would like to yep. see her play something different sometime. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I see her, I still see Peggy Olson. Oh, I mean, wow. uh -huh. in my mind forever, I will see Peggy Olson. I will see just kind of this like, you know, overwhelmed, you know, protege <laughs> of you know, Don Draper rolling her eyes as she's walking out of his office. I don't know. She'll always kind of be that character for me. So I know you're worried about her being typecast as that, you know, unhinged, battered wife, you know, kind of dark circles under her eyes. But I always kind of see her as just like this evolving, smoking, you know, flipped hair and plaid jumper Peggy Olsen well, that's <laughs> drinking sweet. whiskey at 10 a.m. That's much sweeter. You hold <laughs> on to that sweeter, Peggy Olsen. Much sweeter, but, you know, hardening over the years. Mm -hmm. And she's a Scientologist. No kidding. Go, go ahead, Mike. I did, yeah. No. That, that's true. Oh, no. Come on. Is that true? <laughs> that's true. Oh, yeah. She is yeah. deep. She's in deep, there deep. Deep into it. We'll forget it. <laughs> now that's the only thing I'm going to think of. I loved the Borat movie. Uh, I, I thought it was hilarious uh, in a time. Maybe it's a little bit of the timing because I thought. What's the full title, Mike, in case people want to look up this Borat movie? No, I'm, I won't make you do that. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't make me try to do that. Uh, it's on oh, Prime. Delivery of uh, Prodigious uh, Bride to American Regime. <laughs> For make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Rolls right off the tongue. It rolls right off the tongue. It's hilarious. The country needed to laugh too. Things were getting really heavy at the time. And uh, there's actually a very sweet, just <laughs> there's a sweet theme in the movie between him and the daughter. And uh, you mean Rudy and, and Giuliani and the daughter? Is it no, definitely not. Definitely not Rudy. Uh, Rudy, uh, but uh, Maria uh, Bakalova uh, was hilarious. And mm -hmm. you know, you we really do have to. I, I think sometimes we look past uh, from the antics of Sasha Baron Cohen, but he's really put together such an interesting resume at this point, uh, from uh, including a Trial of the Seven, which not my favorite movie but his performance is really really great in that film as well and um you know you can all i can always pretty much watch anything uh with uh, uh sorkin dialogue in it but anyway borat uh to think about the fact that this guy is super famous billboard famous and was still able to go out there <laughs> some of the shit that he pulled was oh my god amazing. And, what uh, you gonna do? What? <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I, it was hilarious too because we were getting little breadcrumbs, uh, I think, through the news throughout the year as they were filming it. And uh, I also think it, got, it just got really, it was the week before the election. And uh, I think everybody needed a little bit of levity. And uh, this, this movie came through in spades. It was great. And 
I, I laughed. I, 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 I didn't expect to enjoy the sequel of Poor Rat as much as I did. And I thought it probably was the comedy of the year. All right. I was not such a fan, but I did watch it. <laughs> did you laugh? I did laugh occasionally, yes. I thought the uh, the Giuliani stuff was like so cringy. Like it was I, the most disturbing yeah. stuff I've seen all I year. Was, probably. I was cringing. I was cringing. Sure, sure. But I, you know, I don't think that's actually going to end up being the sort of. I mean, that well, maybe it will be the thing that people remember from the film. But uh, I thought there's uh, there's funnier there's funnier bits in the film. All right. I didn't really care for it. Yeah, it kind of missed for me. Me and Dorota, we were both. It, you know, maybe maybe you gotta be in the right mood. The dance guys, the dance. <laughs> oh, the oh. dance! Yeah, the dance scene was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't make you cringe. <laughs> oh, oh, it, was, it was cringy for oh, sure, God. but that was that was a great gag. It's hilarious. I think if there's anything that would make an audience, yeah, the people, it the. The debutante ball or whatever the hell that was. Yeah, that was so weird. The... Be before them even dancing, that whole setup was so weird and disgusting. And oh yeah, old dudes hitting on people's daughters and oh my god, creepy. All all yeah, that angles was totally that totally creepy. Yeah. Well, yes. Mike, without getting into I, all right, I'm gonna list just a couple of my favorite comedy series, but I won't go in depth because we're running out of time. Uh, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet is on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, and I dare I say maybe a better version of Silicon Valley. Curb Your Enthusiasm, the new season on HBO, I thought was hilarious. The Good Place wrapped up great. I don't know if that was this year, but I just got to watch it this year on Netflix. It just came out. I will say... For my next pick there, I kind of cheated that. Oh, and we shouldn't mention the Queen's Gambit because everybody's talking about it, right? But this is at the top of my list for series, the Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit is amazing. It's amazing. I will go with one that maybe you guys haven't watched. Um, I May Destroy You, which is on HBO. Um, and I cannot remember the actress's name. Her name is Michaela. Yeah, um, this, this is one of these ones anybody's watching is loving it. Yeah. yeah, it's really powerful. It's basically, she's um, a, like a younger author. She had like a hit, um, kind of like a blog or vlog or something like that. And she kind of becomes really popular and famous for writing this one story. And it's, so it's a bit about celebrity but it's also about, um, she's a partier and she gets into a really bad situation and is about her trying to, and she forgets because she was drunk, trying to put together the pieces of what happened. Um, yeah, it's, she's really fantastic. Um, Michaela Cole. So that's, I may destroy you. Well, one I have is Schitt's Creek. I oh, yeah. watched the entire series <laughs> in 2020. Oh I was God. the latecomer. That's so, so many shows. It's so many shows, but that's okay. <laughs> Binged the entire thing in 2020. Thank you, COVID. Actually, I am the kind of person that rewatches programs, especially shows. Like, I need to uh, go to sleep, so I will put on something that I've already watched. 
to kind of help me go to sleep. What do you, what are your like go-to return? I know some of these, I think, but what are some of your like <laughs> you know staple, staple go, go-to shows when you want some comfort food that you've already comfort seen? Comfort food? Well, The Office is a comfort food. I mean, that's an easy one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, I kind of stopped with The Office in like season seven after Michael Scott was kind of on his way out. Yeah, I don't know if I ever watched the last couple seasons of that show. I'm not sure. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Even when he kind of toured the... Actually, I never really watched it after he left. Well, tell tell people about Shit's Creek. What do you love about Shit's Creek? Well, Shit's <laughs> what's Creek... The, what's the story? I mean, probably plenty of people. Well, let me Schitt's explain Creek. the story of Shit's Creek to you. <laughs> uh, so this very wealthy family, they lose their wealth, but they happen to own this little motel in the middle of nowhere i can't remember where it is it's like ohio or new york somewhere i don't know Shit's creek but um in Shit's creek <laughs> and so they move into it and you know it's just parents and a brother and sister and they're just so incredibly wealthy and the characters are insanely entertaining i mean they're i mean Catherine o'hara is just the i mean beyond incredible um daniel levy i think this was just the most, the breakout of Daniel Levy. I don't even know what he did before Shit's Creek, but yeah. um, this really is just the, the breakout of an incredible talent, really. And he's become this kind of icon now for pansexuality, I think, okay. is the word you used to describe it. And um, he's very fluid. His character is very fluid. <laughs> yes. And, uh, so I think that um, people have just really, both men and women have just fallen in love with him. And so he, and he's very emotional and um, just very a- approachable, you know? Uh, so I don't know, he's just become a very popular figure and he's a big writer. I think he's he's gotten into a lot of other projects. So um yeah, looking forward to watching what he does. But you know, it's just hilarious. Like you're kind of just like, what is this? I mean, the, the characters just blow you away with how ridiculously funny they are. But it's also so tender. I mean, it's so hilarious and so tender that you just absolutely fall in love with the characters. So Schitt's Creek has just been a delight of 2020. Um, um Let's see. This is not a comedy in any way. I watched The Outsider this year, hmm. which is the... Um, it's on HBO? Stephen K- on HBO, yeah. And uh, that was the Stephen King series. That kind of creep. I mean, of course, it was a Stephen King. It creeped me out. It kind of... What's it? Okay, I haven't a- seen it. What's, what's The Outsider about? It's about a... Once, once a, it kind of... Um, I don't know. It's like a creature becomes a part of you. It like cycles through your body and then it, um, it becomes a part of you until it cycles you down to nothing. Basically. I did not know anything about this show, but now you've kind of made me very interested. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it has, um, Ben Mendelsohn, it stars Ben Mendelsohn. And so it has his, his personal story kind of goes along. He's the, he's the detective and he has, his personal anguish goes alongside of it. It's it's good. I like the tone of it. It was really 
it was fun to watch but you know sad very hmm. sad um is it gonna be more so than one that. season or was it like a one and done no i think it was just a single series okay. another show that on on netflix this year that i watched was unsolved mysteries that came back i think i brought this up on a previous podcast let's see what else i wrote it's down comfort food in a way it's comfort food in a way um a little nostalgic. i also talked to earlier about this i was going through like an it crowd comfort food um phase as mike knows um right now i'm watching diana in her own words um about princess diana she did interviews before she right at the end of her life someone was going to write a book about her uh, watching the crown uh this season is fascinating it's um Vince, prince philip is being played by tobias menzies who john you will know played black jack randall in season <laughs> one of outlander <laughs> um great yes memorable yep. for sure memorable for sure um i had some last ones written down here i had portrait of a lady on fire down there of course i know it was on a lot of people's lists this year great foreign film um probably one of the most powerful like final 10 minutes of a movie really really incredible loved that movie the set was so simple that it just allowed you to just focus on the characters i mean that was just the primary like all you did was watch these two women and for the most part they're just in this these big rooms you're like a painter um, observing observing right. your subjects yeah that's that's a really nice way to put it john <laughs> just a, a gorgeous film to watch and an incredibly beautiful finale yeah. to that movie um, that's on hulu yes that is on hulu mm -hmm. Mike, do you want to give us some combos and then we'll do like I'll hit you uh, I'll hit you with the uh, I'll hit you with some combos. Let's go through uh, some docs real quick. Uh, I want to yeah, spaceship Earth or uh, yeah. loved it, loved it. Uh, That's yeah, on I love Hulu. that. Yeah, social Dilemma, great one. Uh, Painter and the Thief, another great. Yes, one. that's also on Hulu. Also yeah. on my list. Uh, uh, three. <laughs> so for those three are uh, those are. Three. Wait, what was what was the third one? Uh, I so I said the painter and the spaceship Earth and uh, the social dilemma. Oh yeah, oh, that's social on Netflix. dilemma. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, just you know, very contemporary, very sort of. Uh, it, yeah, there's been articles that sort of go into this very well, and uh, there's 60 minutes had a whole thing about this like a year ago before the social dilemma, but uh, it does sort of encapsulate all of it really well, and uh, does it in this entertaining sort of like that sort of side little fake narrative that they give it is kind of a neat way of doing it. Uh, so documentaries, it was great. Uh, John hated that. Wait, which one? Which the one did I hate? The social dilemma, the little narrative. I, yeah, that was my least favorite part of the shows. Uh, <laughs> I but I think people need to know about it, you know, for those yeah. who are actively on stage. It illustrated the point well. Yes. yes. And why those things matter. Uh, special shout out to uh, Palm Springs. Yes, Thompson's uh, is great. Really, 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 really funny. <laughs> uh, also on Hulu. And, uh, so and didn't we didn't we go into Palm Springs in one of We did. We did. Okay. Uh, so look look up Palm Springs for yeah. some more info there. Good and, one. And that's that's a good. I mean, that's probably not one for kids, obviously. <laughs> no. Uh, but I mean, maybe I don't know. 
Maybe, maybe. Uh, the, the, before you know what's going on, the there's, kids, a I guess. Of, there's a little bit of raunch humor in there that I definitely sure. appreciate it. Uh, my, um, and I have uh, one more movie and one more show. So I'm just, but I'm going to, I'll throw uh, the other one. It really came technically out in 2019, The Bass at Night, uh, which is on Amazon. I really, oh, yeah. Really on Prime, yeah. And I was fortunate enough to watch this because we are down here uh, staying at my parents, uh, quarantining for the time being. Is the good Lord Bird? Oh, yeah, man, which I can't see because it's on Showtime, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it still going on or has it wrapped up? It's wrapped up, it's wrapped up now. And uh, Ethan Hawke is just. As he, he is becoming a more interesting performer the older he gets. And um, I loved this, uh, loved, loved this series. And it's uh, just sort of centered around the, the abolitionist, uh, John Brown. And um, sort of it's and based off of a, a John McBride uh, book, uh, speaking of we're giving recommendations, I'm not done with it yet, but uh, Dean King Kong is the new John McBride book and I highly recommend it. Uh, it's really good stuff anyway good lord bird is set around the time of the, the abolitionist struggle trying to free uh, trying to free the slaves and we get it from the perspective of onion who is a young man masquerading as a young woman because he because back then he would have less um run-ins with uh various outposts so to speak and uh but in the meantime uh, onion sort of gets a little bit of confused confusion about who he is as an individual while at the same time you've got john brown who has no confusion about who he is but he is insane uh but insane for the right cause and, and you know the the film or the show has uh, cameos of famous um, uh, people of the time from Fred, uh, Frederick Douglass and Robert E. Lee. Uh, it, it, I cannot, it, you know, it was like when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, oh interesting. I really cannot recommend this show highly enough. The performance. They are, the yeah, they just are at Harper's Ferry. Yeah. yeah, they're, so the, it leads up to the standoff at Harper's Ferry. Truly was an event that was a precursor to the Civil War what ends up happening is the, the, um, you know, the army shows up. I mean, the Southern army, Robert E. Lee right in the front. I mean, they show up this huge, I mean, hundreds of Confederate soldiers show up at this tiny town and you have John Brown and like, I don't know, Mike, how many people are in there? 20, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like in this, in this barn, I mean, this, in this standoff, they, he has hostages in there and he has maybe, I don't know, 20 African-American guys with rifles ready to shoot. And Um, his sons. And his sons who are all standing up and he's like, I'm here because we need to free the slaves. This is wrong. And he is batshit insane, you know, and he looks insane, but he's on the right side of history, you know, but it is, it's an incredible, it's an incredible event and, you know, true and leading up to this particular event, they have a lot of people uh, going through a lot of different, you know, clandestine steps to get this event going. Um, They did a lot of really cool, you know, there was a lot of neat stuff going on to get there and there were some mishaps, but fascinating story and yes you know young onion who's a little a slave 
you know, he was a slave. And that's what Mike's talking about. You know, he's dressed as a female slave because, you know, there were less, he was, people are less likely to give trouble to a female slave. But no. then he starts falling in love with a girl. John Brown. So it's yeah. harder to, John Brown. harder to hide a young man who falls in love with a girl. <laughs> harder to hide your sexuality as a young man, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha <laughs> what any other quick combos and then maybe guys think of one that you've watched this year that wasn't from this year maybe one that you were catching up on um, that really stood out in your mind that you really love and still really enjoying uh not totally caught up from the last season but still enjoying better call Saul uh oh yeah 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 uh, so good it's it's amazing the fact that he's been able to sort of string that story from I, I'm looking forward to because I did actually just rewatch Breaking Bad at the end of last year and I'm looking Ooh. forward to rewatching and seeing if Better Call Saul and I have a feeling with how it's getting close it's getting close and I have a feeling that how meticulous Vince Gilligan and his writing staff have been that those two stories are actually going to go together really. unbelievable it's it's incredible. to pull to pull off two series and to take a spin off and have it be like so top notch like I, I, I i was i mean this the character of saw it's like yeah sure i i did not expect it to be. yeah it was like okay I mean, it's weird. incredible how just how good it is and and it's not breaking bad you know it's it's, mm -mm. it's really it's its own thing and uh and for some people like i think for some people i'll recommend breaking bad but for just for other people it's just like nah you're a better call Saul person you're gonna enjoy this a lot more and yeah so uh, it's uh, he is I, I i really think uh vince gilligan he might be in my personal opinion might be the best storyteller right now in, in the business period. Uh, i think he's incredible. can't argue that uh, so. <laughs> it lost it a little for me, but it's yeah. still good and violent. And <laughs> it's, it's still good and violent and get sort funny. of, it scratches that it, it is funny. And, uh, but it's, just, I'm, you know, it's interesting. Some of the things that they're sort of throwing in there. It's just it's like dark. It's, it's really dark. <laughs> like yeah, uh, that show gives no fucks. Uh, so, mm -hmm. uh, the boys enjoyed that. And I'm trying to think anything else. I, I, um, Oh, there's one that, uh, oh, I, I finished Legion, which I personally enjoyed, but I, you know, I can, I, I season three is not as strong as some of the other ones. Uh, and Fargo season four. Okay. Really, yeah. Really, really, really enjoying. I, I know that, you know, season one and season two are a lot to contend with, but I, 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 I I'm going to say this, Chris Rock really gives a fucking hell of a performance. Okay. It's That's interesting cool. to see like the Chris Rock acting chops come out. And, uh, oh, and some other stuff, uh, pretty much all the Dave Chappelle stand-ups this year. It, like, that is, he is, he is the, uh, the soothsayer, the, uh, the truth serum of our time. And, uh, it's, I really like that. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy all his stand-up stuff. His SNL opening was, was Whew. pretty, uh, no, no gives a fuck. No <laughs> gives a fuck. Yeah. 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 I mean, you named a lot of... I'm finding like just looking at my list and listening to you, Mike, there, like there's a lot of stuff on Hulu, like a lot of really good stuff on Hulu. Um, yeah. I have some series left there that I didn't name. I'll just name real quick. There's a mini doc series called City So Real. 
which is about um it's not an easy one to pitch but it's like the chicago mayoral election last round and it gives you an inside look into politics and further convinces me i would never want to be in politics it's such a such a shit show high fidelity which was canceled after one season on hulu is so good zoe kravitz is amazing i love the movie and the show does not disappoint mrs america was really great i thought on hulu um killing eve is on hulu as well uh i'll name one old series that i just caught up with and just finished it's only three seasons it's a political one it's called borgen it's danish it's on netflix it stars um the woman she's the prime minister i'm not gonna i would butcher the the danish name uh but the actress played in erica you will recall um the duke of burgundy in the movie with the duke of burgundy yes yes i she's the older woman yes so the woman from the Duke i know of exactly Burgundy. who you're talking about because she's also in a movie with um mads mickelson yes after she's the wedding like the older she's the previous lover mm-hmm. yeah she is yeah. such a fantastic actress and this show so is, good this show is so good like it's on netflix yes. Please watch it. It is like okay. amazing. Uh, only three seasons, and it's like for me, it's like crack. Um, there is a um, a documentary because I didn't get to name too many documentaries. Actually, I don't know if I named any. My favorite documentary of the year is called "What the Constitution Means to Me." It's on Amazon Prime, and it's like a talking about like musicals it started out feeling like oh no this is gonna be cheesy um but it gets really dark and really really powerful as it goes along it's based on a play it's another like hamilton um a filmed play and uh it's fantastic it um sets it all up and as she so the woman who wrote it and stars in it she would when she was a kid she would go to the american legion and they would have these competitions where they would quiz you on the constitution and they would pick like a an amendment out of a hat and you had to like answer questions on it and explain the history of it and stuff and she kind of goes through all of that and also goes in the form of like a high school debate it's so powerful like i, I it's hard for me to explain but just give it a shot and if you can make it past like 15 minutes it, it will suck you in it's really really great what the constitution means to me on amazon prime some oldies that i caught up with tv show wise is i caught up on some old anime that i had never seen i just watched akira which is on hulu grave of the fireflies on hbo um the red turtle i had to rent um it's fantastic um animated films and like grave of the F fireflies is like a gut punch really powerful wow. about um wow. I'm, a, I'm actually surprised that yeah those, <laughs> wow. like akira yeah. that i haven't seen akira, akira. Grave of fireflies those are uh i mean because those are kind of uh yeah i would i would have i'm a little surprised you haven't seen those yet so what have you guys seen like old stuff maybe that you had never seen before on Criterion or, or somewhere else that like you caught up on that, that you really enjoyed this year. Can you think of any? Uh, 400 Blows. 
I'd oh, actually, yeah, so good. I'd never seen 400 Blows. Finally sat down to watch it. Loved it. Uh, you know, uh, Princess, uh, speaking of anime, Princess, uh, was it Princess Monaco or something? Minoki, like that? Minoki, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Minoki. So good. Um, uh, the Gilmore del Toro film, uh, Devil's, um, The Devil's Backbone. You never, wow. Never okay. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, glad to finally have like uh, got the one sort of uh, crossed off my list. Uh, That's great. Yeah, that was that was an awesome one. Um, and uh, I, there, there's a bunch throughout the year because this was, you know, this was just a year. It's just like, right. It's a good year to catch up. It was a good year to catch to catch up with some stuff. Uh, Tokyo Story. I'd actually never seen Tokyo Story before. Yeah, me too, actually. And I watched it on Criterion, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, there's a few, uh, shampoo, like I actually went into a little bit of a warm baby uh, dive there and stuff like that. Shampoo was great. Uh, um, there's another, oh boy, there's another one that I really admired and I'm forgetting right now and I apologize. Ah, that doesn't make a good The other day we watched uh, 13 Days. I think we talked about this, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Okay. which I didn't know anything about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Wow. So I felt like a bad American, or maybe I felt like the American, you know, education system didn't do me any good. And of course I had never seen the movie. So we watched that. Um, the red Shoes. God. That was the Oh yeah, Red Shoes. Amazing. Finally watched the Red Shoes. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Erica. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, I mean, Mike, you and I watched a lot of movies this year that were old that I just can't think of any of them. This has been pretty solid. I hope people make some uh, some lists for the holidays. Make a list, people. For COVID part I did part see another two. documentary. I did see another documentary that I wanted to share. I know we this was part of um, our COVID series, but The Edge of Democracy was an incredible documentary, too, that I wanted to throw in there at the end. Good calls. I do want to make one final comment. Do it. About what not to watch. No matter if you read Rotten Tomatoes and if you read that this says it's a jolly good time, it's a lie. What's that? The Whistlers is not a jolly good time. (laughs) I know it's got such a high rating. Such a high rating. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's one of those that the critics, the critics love. I'll name one short film. All right, we didn't name any shorts. I'm a big Don Hertzfeld fan. Um, check out his work if you don't know. Very dark sense of humor. Stick stick figures in existential crises and dying violently. Uh, the World of Tomorrow, Episode 3, The Absent Destinations of David Prime, came out this year. Uh, Erica, you may recall we showed The World of Tomorrow at film at the Erie Art Museum, the very first one. This is now the third one, and they continue to get more complex and more and more deeper into the meaning of life and why are we here. They're such simple, short films, uh, but so complex. That was our episode. Thanks for listening, and I hope you made some lists of movies to watch. So many from 2020. You can find all the show notes and links from this episode in the show notes from this episode. <laughs> we won't. We we won't add a link to every movie that we. Maybe <laughs> we should at least add a list. 
We'll add a list of every. Maybe we'll make a list. I don't know. Brittany, you want to make a list of everything we mentioned? <laughs> Probably not. I'll stop the recording.